Have you been thinking, I made it through these six to eight weeks after bariatric surgery, but I'm not so sure I want to go back to a so-called regular diet of real food. I don't want to regain weight. I hear you, and I have 10 helpful tips. Stick around, and let's talk about five of them today in part one. Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 43. This week, I want to give a thank you shout out to Yoloka, and I think I might be butchering your name, and I apologize if I am, and it might be Yoloka. She gave the Bariatric Surgery Success podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and she said, thank you for the very helpful tips. I'm getting ready to have surgery, and your podcast really helps me to learn more. Great format, not too lengthy, straight to the point. Love the energy and enthusiasm in your voice. These reviews mean a lot to me. Your feedback is exactly why I do the podcast. Thank you. If I'm not helping you, then I don't need to be doing it. I so appreciate your time to share your thoughts. And speaking of getting to the point, let's go. Over the last six to eight weeks, your diet has morphed a lot, starting with clear liquids and progressing to a soft diet. You did it. Now you're ready to think about how you're going to eat for the long haul. Your decision to have bariatric surgery was a big deal. It's not over after the first weeks of healing and constant tweaks in what you eat and drink. You've progressed and are now ready at this point to transition to a regular, healthy, balanced, and let's not forget, tasty way of eating. I mentioned tasty because food nourishes the body from a nutrition standpoint, yes, but food also nourishes the soul, and it's about enjoyment of life, the time and tasty meals shared with family and friends. Moving on from soft foods to regular foods, it's so important. You've had surgery, yes, you will eat less because of it, true but you will still eat regular nutritious foods that help provide your body with A to Z nutrition and satiety. Remember, that's that feeling of fullness. Let me say that again. Listen, listen close. You want to move forward from liquid meals and only soft foods. Why? Regular foods help prevent the weight regain you're worried about. How? Regular food, especially those foods that contain protein and fiber, are more filling and satisfying than liquids, so you feel full on less. Did you miss that? You feel full on less food. Also, and equally important, is that we're talking about the rest of your life here. Diets don't work, and they never have. Learning to eat well and making smart choices does. A bariatric diet is not a diet from the viewpoint of drop the tea and you feel like you're going to die. Instead, it should be a bariatric lifestyle of behavior changes and tweaks in what you choose to eat so that you prevent weight regain. You eat real food that the rest of your family can and will eat and you don't feel deprived. Real food, not diet food. At the risk of sounding like a message on replay, remember that your surgeon or your surgery center may have their own nutritional regimen for you to follow, depending on the surgery that you had. So check in with them if you have any issues. This week in part one, let's look at five of the 10 tips to eat for the long haul. 
number one tip. Tip number one, it's so easy to take big bites of food and a habit really most of us could benefit from changing. As you start to practice mindful eating, be aware of your bites and make them small. Chew them well, especially since liquids are consumed when? That's right, 15 to 30 minutes before a meal or 30 minutes after. This is easier to do if you sit down, relax, and enjoy your food versus what I call a gulp and go. Tip number two, stop eating when you're comfortably full, not stuffed. I know it's hard habit to change as we're used to eating until we feel stuffed. Feeling stuffed won't make you feel good and can have a negative effect on your surgical outcome. This tip will also require you to begin to pay closer attention and listen to your body. More mindful eating techniques. If you retrain yourself to eat slowly, you'll start to become more aware of when you've had enough. Tip number three. Dividing your food into three meals and one or two snacks, which will total somewhere between 900, 1,000, 1,200 calories a day. And this calorie level is going to vary. It depends on your physical activity level, your sex, your age, your surgery progress, and what your bariatric dietitian feels is right for you based on your personal health parameters. Tip number four. Decide how you want to monitor and keep yourself on track for success. In other words, some dietitians suggest you track what you eat daily so you know the calories you've consumed. Others suggest count grams of macros, particularly protein and carbs. Others say weigh and measure your food or use portion containers and forget the rest. I've found through the years that what works is the method you prefer and will actually do. All of these can be successful as well as a mix. You can use small plates and bowls or products that are marked to help you know and see the portion size. You can track only fluid and protein intake on an app. Decide what is best for you and put it into action. Why? Personal accountability works. Also, get into my private Facebook group. It's called Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell. We're all about accountability and helping each other. Tip number five, eat your protein food sources first. Yes, please. Long-term success and the health of your body depend on an adequate intake of protein today, tomorrow, and each day down the track. One big reason to reach your protein intake each day is that protein supports your metabolism. The more muscle you have on your body, the higher your metabolism rate will be and the more calories your body will burn. Aiming for that 60 to 90 grams of protein per day will provide the amino acids in the protein to your muscle mass and the myriad of other body processes where protein plays a role, such as the formation of hormones, enzymes, and immune system antibodies to help your body function as it should. Remember, you're dividing this total amount of protein over the day. So to help you plan, 60, 80, and 90 grams of protein are equal to 240, 320, and 360 calories out of your daily, uh, daily total of somewhere around 1,000 calories. When you have protein uh, food sources at every meal and snack, you'll start to notice you're not as hungry and you feel comfortably full on less food. 
Now you might be wondering, okay, what about the high protein liquid supplement drinks or powders? I recommend meeting your protein needs with food when possible first for the reasons that we just talked about. Feeling satisfied particularly is the big one. But I also know on some days it can be difficult to get the grams of protein your body needs without a protein drink as they're so convenient, they make a great snack or a backup meal plan. So be aware, they will help meet your protein needs for sure, but you may not feel satisfied enough. So pay attention and see. By the way, I have a freebie guide on how to add protein to your diet. You can download it from my homepage, breakingdownnutrition.com. Remember, mindfulness. Pay attention to how you feel as you eat. Listen to your body. This may be totally new, and that's okay. Most of us haven't listened to our bodies as we should, but it's never too late. In part two, we'll talk about why all protein sources are not alike and five more tips to eat for the long haul. Be good to yourself. You're worth it. Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC, all rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.